Welcome to the Eternity's Viewpoint Podcast with Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. Our prayer is to provide you with simple, understandable teachings from Scripture on how to live a life of faith in view of eternity. Here's this week's episode. Hello, this is Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. with our Eternity's Viewpoint podcast. It's our second one. I thank you if you've had a chance to listen before. We did get into some biographical things in our first session. I will go over a few more things. I've been married to my wife, Kathleen, for—we just celebrated our—I got to think about it for a minute—our 42nd wedding anniversary, and uh, thank God she's been willing to— uh, put up with me for all these years, and she's definitely been a blessing. We have four children. My son has been a pastor. He's helping us with this podcast. Uh, I have a daughter, Sarah. She has a child, uh, uh, can't even think, Jack, uh, Ben. And then, of course, my son is married to Karina and has two uh, two children, Lexi and Jackson. And then, of course, my daughter Deborah is married to Stephen out in uh, Illinois, and uh, then my daughter Catherine works in daycare at Bellevue Christian. My daughter Sarah works at uh, a veterinary uh, a hospital, animal hospital, I guess it's called, in uh, Inglewood. But anyhow, uh, they all have their own abilities and are able to do some great things and uh I just want to thank God for what he's given us, and we are going to share just a few things about life. I had mentioned that I'm very much into athletics. I have refereed uh, basketball for either refereed or coached basketball since 1994, and I've also uh, umpired girls' softball, uh, coached uh, cross-country and track, and I've had also referee lacrosse for most of that time as well. So been very busy in the realm of athletics and just recently came back, actually yesterday, came back from a uh, basketball referees camp out in uh, Gunnison, Colorado. And I tell you what, they uh, they worked their tails off out there, but there's a lot of things you can learn. And I thought maybe I'd share a few of those thoughts because they certainly relate to the Christian life, I believe. There's a lot of lessons we can learn. In fact, in 19, um, excuse me, in 2001, we started East Denver Bible Baptist Church at East Denver YMCA. And at that point, God had given me a coaching position at Bear Creek High School. And I say gave it to me because he certainly did. I'd never coached outside of, well, I started the cross-country team at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, but so I was coaching in a secular school or high school, and I was doing some volunteer coaching at Wheat Ridge with Scott Chamberlain and Judy. They were wonderful coaches, still are, I believe, uh, but wonderful uh, example of how you ought to coach uh, coach a team, just the uh, encouragement they give to all their runners, whether they're good or bad or just so-so, they're always uh, trying to encourage them and get them to give give their best. And that's 
All we can ask is that we encourage people to give their best. That's certainly a good example of the Christian life and whatever you're doing. The Bible says, Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which art in heaven. So how do we, <coughs> excuse me, how do we uh, edify? How do we build up? How do we help people? That's something to think about. So in 19, uh, excuse me, in 2001, I started the uh, started coaching at Bear Creek High School and actually was hired just, uh, I said 2001, I believe it was 2000, but uh, I started coaching the cross-country team. I was hired two days before practice began. The old, co- the old coach had left, and I went in and got a job, and what I found out was that a lot of the uh, runners had not done any running over the summer, so it was a very difficult season trying to get kids going. But the following year, Bear Creek had a great uh, uh, funding uh very good job. They did a very good job of funding some of their sports and some of their programs. And so there was an opportunity to take some kids to a cross country camp up in Gunnison, Colorado. And so I had the opportunity to do that. And we went up on a Sunday afternoon, actually, after the first service of our church. Uh, we started that Sunday morning in the East Denver YMCA in 2001 in June, first Sunday in June. And then I went. That afternoon, picked up some five of our runners, and we drove up to Gunnison. And uh, Coach Vandenbush uh, was the cross-country coach at, in Gunnison, and he had a, had, had a very successful program. And uh, I told him when I came up, I said, you know, I'm a pastor, and if it's possible, I would love to get away on a Wednesday night to speak at a church in the area and I believe it was First Baptist Church, and he said that was fine. So I got loose. I went over and spoke over there. And then I had met two young ladies that week. One of them was from Alpine Christian School. One of them was from Lutheran High School. I said, you know, I'm a pastor. Uh, Would you have any interest in a Bible study if we'd get permission to do one this week? And they said, sure, that'd be great. So I went to Coach Vandenbush, and I said, you know, if uh, kids were open to do a Bible study. Would you allow me to do one? And they said that would be fine. So he said, tell me when you want to do it, and I'll, I'll announce it. Well, we determined that we would do it on a Thursday night about 9 o'clock. Well, understand this. In, able to do some, to, in order to do something at 9 o'clock on Thursday night, first of all, it's on the uh, runner's own time. There were 85 kids in camp, and that was a very demanding camp. We had... Uh, all sorts of runs that we did during the day. We had swimming, we had clinics, we had weight things to do. There was just a lot going on. So for someone to be willing to give up their time, their free time, just to go to a Bible study wasn't the normal thing. And so anyhow, I announced it, or they announced it. And so Thursday night, we were going to meet in this particular room. When we went Into that room, there were a number of coaches in the back of the room playing cards, and so I thought, well, maybe this is not very conducive to do it in this room. So I told the coaches, there were two or three runners that had come in. I said, would you let the uh, kids know if anybody else comes in that will be in the room room right upstairs? And so they did, and uh, we got several of the kids in the room. Every time we'd go to close the door, someone else would come in. And by the end of the time, we had about 35 kids out of 85 in camp. There were about 35 kids 
sitting there, what I did is I shared my testimony, and basically I preached for an hour. And uh, at the end of that time, I gave an invitation and asked how many people would like to accept Christ as their Savior. There were five runners that raised their hand. I told everyone they could leave unless they'd raise their hand if they would come forward. And when I did that, there were six runners that came forward, five of them, to accept Christ their Savior. The one who was from Franklinville, New York, near my hometown, he says, I'm already saved, but I think God might be calling me to preach. We had another young person that accepted Lord on that Saturday. Uh, just amazing what God does, the doors that he opens. We just need to be willing to go through them and not be afraid. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Well, think about it in any aspect of your life, what it means to not be ashamed. It, need, it means being courageous. You know, Joshua chapter 1, there's a couple of verses there that I'll take the moment to read to you, very special verses in the, in the Bible, and uh, let me just share them for a minute. Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If you have a Bible, you're certainly welcome to look on as well. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. The word of God is saying to us, first of all, we need to have something to stand on. What we stand on is the word of God. How do we have the word of God to help us to live the life the way, the way that we ought to? Well, we've got to have it in our heart. And of course, the Bible tells us, first of all, that we need to have read it, and then the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we, we read it, we study it. And of course, uh, Psalm 119.11 says, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So memorizing the word of God. And then of course, Psalm 19.14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So we've got the Word of God. We've hid it in our hearts. We begin to think about it. We want to allow it to uh, come out in our speech. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know, if it's not on the inside, it's not going to come out. The Bible says, from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, and so forth. So we do not want to be the people that are having uh, having a deceitful heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, that's the natural heart. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the, of the heart of the Lord, neither can he know them because he's spiritually discerned. Uh, that's the way it is. That's the way people are without the help of the Spirit of God. But the moment that we accept Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live with inside of us. He's the one that gives us the strength and enables to do the things that we can do. 
But you know, you, you have to be willing. You can't just say, well, that that's fine for someone, but not for me. I, I, I can't do that. I will just relate a, some things that I learned this week and refereeing. I'll say number one, uh, I'll qualify this thing. We always think we're better than what we really are. Uh, we like to think in athletics, we're a better athlete. You know, if it was up to us, we'd make that shot or we'd get that hit or we'd score that run or we'd get that touchdown. We ha- if we only had the chance, which we don't always get. And the reality of why we don't get those chances often is because we're not as good as we think we are. Even in the realm as a referee, you'd like to be able to work that championship game or that state playoff game or that uh, big league championship game, whatever it is. We like to think that we're capable of doing them, but the reality is there's something that separates the great officials from the good officials or the weak officials is they have the courage to make the right call at the right time, no matter what the consequences might be. No matter how controversial their decision might be, we need to step up and say, I'm going to make that call because it's the right one to make. And uh, I remember in camp this week, there were a couple of times when one-point games, and of course, this is just a camp. We worked a bunch of games, and it's not like the high school season, but there were a couple of times when there was a last-second call that in one-point games that I should have got a whistle on, and nobody out of the three-man crew got a whistle. And each time I looked at that and I said, you know, I should have had a foul there. Doesn't mean that team would have made the free throws and won the game or tied the game and we'd have gone into overtime, but you know what was the right call to make and I didn't have the courage or for whatever reason I recognized it, but I just didn't do it. And uh, so it is with our Christian faith. Oftentimes we have the opportunity to share a testimony. We have an opportunity to share our faith. We have an opportunity to invite somebody to come to church. We have an opportunity to make a difference for God, and sometimes we're ashamed to speak up. Maybe you're in a crowd and someone is not uh, talking properly, or maybe they're making uh, dirty jokes or things that are not uh, pleasing to God, or maybe you're watching thing or something, or uh, you're asked to partake in something that you know is not right, is not pleasing, and what do you do? You, you give in. You uh, end up doing it. Why? Because you don't have the courage to say no. But the reality is we need to, first of all, understand the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's, he's after you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take you down. And what does he do? He goes after the weak point. He, he knows what the weak link is, and he'll go right after that. It's sort of like in the playoffs in basketball this year, uh, one, the Phoenix Suns, I believe it was, they chose to pick out one of the Nuggets. I'll mention, not mention his name, although he's a player that I very much uh, like and trust that he's going to be a great NBA player, but he's still struggling and things on the defensive end. And Phoenix, who now has a chance to win the NBA championship, they've got one series to go, and they made the decision that every time he was on the floor, they were going to go after him offensively and try to, to beat him because they knew he was weak on the defensive end. And that part of that strategy was successful, and they were able to win that series. Now, it wasn't all his fault, but certainly it was one of the areas they, they used to attack. 
and Satan knows exactly how to attack us. What is it? You know, the Bible says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I can tell you oftentimes that uh, sometimes we think we're better than what we are. Sometimes, you know, God, we have a victory in our life and we think, wow, I've conquered that. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And that's when Satan says, oh, let me see what I can do now. He comes after us because reality is that anything that we accomplish is only because of the grace of God. It's not something that we could do on our own. It's not something that uh, we're capable of withstanding Satan's attack without his help. And so every time we have a victory, we should praise God and be watching and understanding that Satan's going to come after us. After every victory, there's going to be possibly defeats. The Bible says, a just man falleth seven times and getteth up again. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's exactly what we need to do. We're going to have our times when we go down, but we need to ask God. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we think about eternity, we're thinking about just normal things in our Christian life. How are we going to respond? What are we going to do? God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Eternity's Viewpoint podcast with Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. We pray this has been a blessing to you in your spiritual journey. Help us share this message with more people by subscribing and leaving a review. To learn more about the podcast or connect with Pastor Lauren, visit EternityViewpoint.com. That's EternityViewpoint.com. The Eternity's Viewpoint podcast is produced by Resonate Media in partnership with East Denver. Bible Baptist Church. have something to say? Are there people who want or need to hear from you? Have you always wanted to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Welcome to Resonate Media, where our mission is to amplify you. At Resonate Media, we focus on helping underrepresented voices and aspiring podcasters get started by providing equipment, expertise, and experience to help you launch a podcast. To get started, visit ResonateMediaPro.com. Don't let the confusion, complications, and costs of hosting, recording, editing, and distribution hold you back. The world needs to hear what you have to say. Resonate Media can help your voice be heard.